0: Pointedly, um lion paid quite a bit um 111 million i believe the year before Gee, that, so... that,
1: that, <laughs> they'll be trying to poach cub's account <laughs>
0: yeah exactly exactly
1: what are we what are we doing wrong <laughs> Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer With over 25 years in the field, Cryer are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud sponsors of Brews News and in particular Brews News Week, which is this. And it's me, Pete Mitchum, your host. And joining me live from our Brisbane studios, it's none other than then Claire Burnett. G'day, Claire.
0: Hey Pete, how you doing? Thanks for I'm having me very back. Very, well. very That's much all right.
1: appreciated. Now, I believe you've um, you've had a locksmith in over the weekend. You changed the locks to keep him out. Um, <laughs> no. What's going on there? What's what, there's a bit of a change in the wind. Oh,
0: maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. I think Matt wants to step her back a little bit and relax.
1: Yeah, we need back. to put it, put it on the leash. <laughs> to be fair, hey, um, but having said that, uh, it is. Uh, we often sort of sit down at regular intervals, um, surprise, not surprisingly, over a beer or two, and plot, you know, the, uh, where this whole thing that is Australian brews News is going. And obviously, the podcast has become more and more popular, and it's a really great way for people to engage uh, with the industry or the community that they, they feel a part of or to become more, more a part of, um, and that's for our, our consumers, our our drinkers our punters if you like but then there's also the industry itself who gets a lot of its um its news and information and opinion from uh from this and it's fair to say that we had great response to your cameo a couple of weeks ago um and i think too uh, as as the radio brews news or sorry the australian brews news senior journalist um there's often i find uh little bits about the story that don't necessarily need to make its way into the story itself but in the podcast when we're talking about different subjects um, become quite relevant and and just put a bit of colour and movement into this whole craft beer thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think like every story that we do that Matt and I work on together or that I do or that Matt does, we always have conversations in the office. um, Should we do it like this? Who should we talk to? Um, Lots of things like that that go on in the background that a lot of people don't see um, at the finished product. Um, side of things, so it's, it'll be really good to have a bit of a chat and go into a bit more depth and maybe talk about the challenges and the things that we were thinking uh, when we were writing.
1: Yeah, and so look, welcome aboard. Um, I'm sure that we'll we'll ease you into it and um, and give you a, you know a rest every now and then as well. But it's good to have you on board uh, just to sort of keep things fresh and interesting for our listeners uh, into 2020.
0: Fantastic. Thanks, Pete. Well, Matt no didn't kick me uh, under the table last week, so I thought I might be invited back, but <laughs> it's lovely to be
1: here. <laughs> and he is a fairly you know, a tall, lanky streak of pelican chute, so it's not like he couldn't have reached you <laughs> under the table. So, And we would have also – I don't know, was there a squeaky chair? Um, I haven't had a chance to listen back to um, – uh, the one that we recorded last week uh, in Moraben, but um, there was certainly a lot of squeaky chair in the thing. So, so if Matt had been kicking you under the table or trying to, we would have, we certainly would have heard it.
0: Oh, that's all right then. So everyone can tell if I'm being abused. That's,
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, or gently encouraged. Uh, so, um, given that uh, Claire writes most of the material for um, the Bruce News website as the senior journalist, it uh, it makes a bit of sense that we uh, get her on to chat about the news and as, as we say at the end of the day uh brews news week the point of this particular podcast as against uh, the beer is a conversation or our brews news live podcast is for those who haven't necessarily been able to find the time or the inclination to read the stories about what's happening in news uh week to week we give you a little bit of a i guess uh what's the word um a primer of you know a, the version yeah the one without the gannet yeah <laughs> so we thought we'd uh uh keep that going in that vein. And um, it starts off with a bit of news this week, Claire, where um, we saw that Jamie Cook has stepped down as the IBA chair.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, that was really cool. And I think um, Jamie's off to go traveling as part of his retirement plans. Um and it sounds like a good good time to go and pass the bat on. But, yeah, good luck to, to Jamie. It'll be a really cool move and he'll finally get a break. I think uh, he said in the, the note, the email he sent to everyone, that I think he thought it was a little bit more work than he'd intended. Um, and I think we we often find that in the yeah, real world. It, so. Exactly.
1: Uh, and those who listened to Matt's really great beer as a conversation chat with Jamie Cook uh, a couple of months ago now, Really, for a lot of people, it was a, it was a surprise of just how long Jamie had been in it because he's so intrinsically linked to Stone and Wood as one of the three, uh, you know, original faces of the of the of the brewery and the brand, and and has has taken it from from strength to strength. It comes as a bit of a surprise to find out that you know he was a, you know, a humble refrigeration mechanic way back in the day, and um, you know,
0: Can you imagine I can't even imagine that now. <laughs> Not now,
1: no, no, no. absolutely. And, uh, it doesn't show too how we we evolve and we develop and um and sometimes and look the the, the beer world I'm, I'm sure is full of stories of people who oh n- never expected to get into this thing And I like nobody you know stands up in the first show and tell in uh, you know the first day of prep and says when I grow up I want to be a brewer um you know it's it's, it's your policeman fine and you know astronaut kind of thing yeah. it's one of those things that I think people find themselves uh, drawn to and yeah and and Jamie's a great example of how um you know from humble beginnings, from from little things, big things grow. Um, at taking his place uh, as the IBA chair would be Waywood Brewing Co's Pete Phillip. who now Pete Pete's been involved in the I in the IBA. I'm pretty sure he was involved from its inception. I think he may have even been you know one of the associate members or uh, um, you know, a non portfolio member. I can't remember what the the term was, okay. and he's sort of moved his way through, and he's been looking after um, engagement and advocacy. Uh, as well, and so he'll step up into um, the chair role, and I think David Kitchen from um, Ballistic. Uh, from Ballistic, yeah, yeah will be taking over Pete's role.
0: Yeah, cool. And I mean, he's done been involved a lot in the um, Queensland licensing and the craft beer strategy here as well, so um, he'll he'll know what he's doing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and look, it's. Um, it, it, Jamie has been really instrumental in, I think, taking what was a really great concept, and you know, we we know a couple of the things that we want to do, and the IBA, I, I think, under Jamie's stewardship, has has really sort of um, probably solidified its position, um, got its its goals a, a little bit more focused, uh, and I think Jamie is the kind of personality that was sort of, I think, easily able to 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 bring people along you know, for the ride, um, get everyone on the same page and, and working together. So uh he'll be missed, but well done, Jamie, on your achievements.
0: I second that. that would be cool. Yeah. There
1: we go. Um <laughs> now, speaking of uh, previous podcasts and beer is, is a conversations, uh this week we published the chat that Matt had with um Krista McGarry and that's Matt, isn't it? Yeah, from uh from, from your mates. Uh, which came about as a result of their great showing, getting a, a number five spot in this year's Gabs Hottest One Hundred Craft Beer Poll, and the subsequent reaction to you know who are your mates. Um, mm. That was a, a was a really interesting take, and probably really summed up uh, Matt's idea was to to go out to the boys and and uh, respond to their response to you know hey, guys, why all, the, why all the barbs? You know, what? You know we, we're just sort of doing our thing. And I think it was a really great illustration of just why your mates did so well, because you don't need to be massive. You don't need to be a really big brewery. You don't need to be nationally distributed. You don't need to have uh, a, a home brand, you know, or a household name core range of beers. What you, the, the, the Hottest 100, what it's really about is showing how um, you can harness the passion of your, Supporters of your fans, your your loyal drinkers, and turn it into you know something concrete. And so I think that um, the chat with the, with the boys really uh, really showed why they got as far you know as high yeah, as number five.
0: Absolutely, and I think I, th- I think this is a strange one as well because um, like we talked about it before, but the Thirsty Crow in Wagga Wagga they do a vanilla milk stout, right? And that's been that was like seventy second or something like that, and it's been in the list for God knows how long. And nobody's ever made a fuss about that, but that's because it's 72nd, I guess, rather than in the top five. So I think people, when it gets to that level, are going to be a little bit more um, sitting up, taking notice, being like, who are they, why haven't I heard of them? Um, and, like, fair enough, you can absolutely say that, but they clearly do a good beer, and they engage their audience, and they know their people, and they make a good beer, so... What's the problem? <laughs>
1: but, exactly. Yeah, but
0: that's what I, mean, I think. That's what kind of what they were like on the, the podcast. Really, they were just like, just get on with
1: it. It's pretty much what you see is what you get, and there's no greater illustration of, uh, I guess, proving the point that Matt was making. Um, that when we posted the story to now Matt posted it through his through LinkedIn, yeah. um, the guys then sort of picked it up and, and distributed it through um, you know through their channels. Um, more so when it went through their network we got more uh reaction to it more engagement than any other story that we've um, done through that That um through that medium Mm. yeah so i think that 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 shows uh you can't get a better illustration of how well they engage with their you know their their guys are um and i think part of it too claire i don't know about you Mm certainly would imagine from your point of view there would be so many um media releases uh, requests or uh you know can you do a story on this or have you heard about this here's a new beer that comes through and um i think for a lot of people you know if you've got your favorite brewery but they keep bombarding you you can it just becomes white noise i oh, think yeah. you've got to be you've got to be clever in i'm not going to send you something all the time i'm going to keep keep us front of mind when you're thinking about you know going out and visiting a brewery or buying a beer Mm -hmm. but uh it's got to be relevant and obviously whatever their magic formula is it works because you know they can post out you know a a dry bland link to here's a chat that we had with some guys you've probably never heard of Uh, and and it gets such a a great response
0: no absolutely that's the thing and You know it's a crazy one like I I was I really did expect everyone to just be more like clap on the back about it but I think that as you say you get a bit of marketing fatigue when you see the the people campaigning for it a bit and or on anything because it's Facebook and they love a bit of money through marketing don't they so if someone has the ability to do that without bombarding their people their consumers then why the hell not they've clearly done something right so congrats to them I say.
1: Uh, exactly. And look, you only have to go back to the first three or four polls um, In the first year, the second beer was uh, Murray's Craft Brewery, um, their Icon 2 IPA, their Icon double IPA. Yeah. Uh, that's a great example of how, you know, back then, you know, IPAs were, were just starting to, to find a bit of favour. Uh, they weren't necessarily flavour of the month at that point. But it also shows how how easily if you don't, uh, leverage off something like the Hottest 100. And obviously it's easier now because there's so much more awareness of the of the Hottest 100. So you can utilise it to your advantage once you, you know, if, if you do well. Yeah. But it also shows how if you, I guess, ignore it and say, oh, it's just a pole, you know, we won't sort of do anything about it, you can kind of, you know, slip down. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know if you noticed as well, Pete, but we did the um, New Zealand Hottest 100, and Sam, me, and Sam in the office had a good laugh because uh, pretty much like the top ten was just dominated by IPAs in New Zealand. And I was just oh, like, and
1: not even that, but but Hazy's Hazy's yeah. and, and deeper IPAs, yeah. Yeah, so ours Hashtag was quite tame. not really IPAs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was quite tame in comparison, um, ours in Australia, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> I think so, and and yeah, look, it's a it's a two very different markets, but again, the Gabs hottest 100 is a really great snapshot, and you can take it in, you can read it in many different ways, but take it for what it is. It's a pop, yes, it's a popularity contest. It's a it's a popular vote, but it gives you a a really good idea in in broad brushstroke terms of what sort of beers are are becoming more popular certainly what packaging is becoming more popular so you go back i think it was six years ago when cans first um started you know becoming inverted commas craft and i think three in in the top 100 were in cans it then went to 15 in the second year but then it jumped to you know like 70. uh and this year there were over 90 i think were were either can only product or, or or available in you know, both packaging. So, yeah, that's it. So um,
0: Cooper's XBA did quite well, and people have put that down to it being in cans, haven't they?
1: Well, that was the point that Matt made. Um, yeah, yeah. When, must when have been Matt. When we talked about it, 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 it. It's funny, isn't it? Every now and then, he just he comes out with a gem. He, he, he does know how, so it's not like we can capture it in a bottle and, you know, uh, resell it, but every now and then, he comes out with something, you know, and he's right on the money. Oh, occasionally, okay, um, exactly, yeah. Yeah, he, he's, we should we should point out to listeners he is there behind you, isn't he? He's, <laughs> up, he, he's, he's our new office, panel yeah. operator. <laughs> he's, he's our new uh, online producer yeah, for. Uh, you for might radio. not see me next week. I might have hundred
0: <laughs> my notice. No, <laughs> no. Nah, 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 nah. Oh, he's going to kick me now. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> someone else that's very popular um, is uh, the ATO. And uh, wow. this week they revealed the brewer's tax contributions. Now, this is a vexed issue and I never pretend to be anything other than a humble beer drinker. I have, I don't have a, a business bone in my body. I don't, you know, I, I pay my taxes and, well, sorry, ah. I, get to, I, I pay somebody <laughs> else to pay my taxes. <laughs> yeah. um, but like everyone else, yeah, I keep my receipts and I look at, okay, you know, can I claim that or, you know, is there? you try to minimise your tax and all that sort of thing. But um, there's been a lot of chatter, uh, particularly in the craft beer or the beer scene generally uh, about how much tax is not being paid, how much is being paid, uh, what sort of contributions uh, the, you know, inverted commas craft or indie brewers uh, compared to the the multinationals uh, are paying. And um, this story, I think, got a a fair bit of traction. So um, you wrote... I think, Claire, of the four major brewers listed in the corporate tax transparency disclosures, only Australian-owned Coopers paid tax that appears to be in line with its turnover or publicly published accounts from which its tax arrangements can be understood. So the ATO showed that uh, AB InBev reported a $3.5 billion total income in 2017-18 with $409.6 million considered taxable income. And of that, um just trying to find uh, the bottom line, the amount of tax paid was blot
0: zero zero,
1: not a sausage. Bugger all.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. And I mean, I think that's obviously what sort of stuck in everyone's crawl. like they haven't paid tax in the past five years. I think that they've been doing these tax transparency disclosures. Um, I don't know about before that, um so I couldn't comment on that. but basically, um it just it's a mad one, and it's a really difficult one, and I actually spent. A fair bit of time on this one because the disclosures came out at the end of last year but i really wanted to dig into it and we, like we spoke to um a chap at the corporate tax association we spoke to an academic um an expert at the university of new south wales on tax affairs and stuff like that because like when you look at these figures in isolation you've only got three figures right and a a, a Apparently, um, you, you can't judge, uh, people's tax and whether they paid enough tax based on their actual income, because obviously that comes before, um, the bills, like the cost of sales and employment and super and blah, blah, whatever comes out of your, your bill yeah. at the end of it. Um, so there's only a certain amount that is taxable. Um, so that like everyone will probably hit on the 3.5 billion. They did make a lot of money, but then only a certain amount of it was taxable. But again, there's no transparency about how, how they've managed to have only 400 million of that taxable. So we don't know that. Um, We also don't know what agreements they've had with the um, Australian tax office before that as to why they haven't paid any tax for the past five years. So obviously the CUB came back to me and said, you know, like it's about carried forward tax offsets for prepaid tax which I gather is about um, having made losses previously and then sort of moving that, carrying that forward. Um, So it was a really complex one. Like, it was so hard to get your head around. Like, I'm not an expert in multinational tax affairs. um, And basically, we downloaded all the the accounts off ASIC just to have a look and try and figure out where all this money's gone. Why have they made four point or three point five billion or whatever it was. But then not made any profit because obviously that's how when you don't have to pay any taxes if you don't make any profit or you make a loss um so, and we just, it was just, it was too much. They have two or three pages of consolidated entities in Dubai, the United Kingdom, everywhere in Europe. Um, just It's just crazy. It's an absolute labyrinth in terms of determining and analysing the data that they've given. So basically what we have to go on is what they've, that the ATO has published and the accounts that we can get a hold of. And the, the bottom line is, it's just really, it's a complicated issue and we can't say definitively that they should be paying tax and they aren't because that's not the case. Um, no, exactly. Yeah, and, and that's why it's such a hard one. And, and I think we put in um, a little bit because um, the Brewers Association, which obviously um, three of them are part of it. or well, four of them? Is it size not part of the Brewers Association, I believe yet? I don't think they were big enough before then. Um, but anyway, three of them are part of the Brewers Association and part of what C, the CB guy said was that they pay 1.5 billion, most of which was excise. Now, a lot of people on the Facebook page in particular, they kind of sort of, it it stuck with them because um, the Brewers Association has been running a campaign um, highlighting the cost of tax as in excise to beer drinkers. So basically they're saying, well, CUB is saying, well, we paid that. And then the Brewers Association is saying, no, the beer drinker pays that. So...
1: Yeah, you just you're just it, love, yeah sandwich. you just you just pass it on. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The brewers pay no they they pay which is then you know collected back. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, it, it, they're not lying by saying we pay the excise, uh, but they're being disingenuous if they're trying to get people to to think that it doesn't then come out of their pockets.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, and it's not returned to their pockets. Um, yeah. The other thing too, the the really interesting thing I thought was that um, there's an old adage that, uh, look, you shouldn't be afraid of you know have, getting a big tax bill because the more tax you're paying, you only get taxed more if you're earning more. Yeah. Um, but in this case, it seems to be... The opposite of the opposite is true where if you are spectacularly unsuccessful, um, if you make really, really bad business decisions and basically lose your pants, yeah. you then don't have to pay tax for as, <laughs> as long as, as long we as can think feel of. feel
0: like, yeah.
1: That's it. And <laughs> but I thought it, that- yeah. The, the, the line I thought was, a, was just an absolute – it cracked me up was that uh, a CB spokesman told Bruce News that the company was not in a position to pay tax currently.
0: <laughs> did you have a chuckle? I had a chuckle. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, <laughs> I guess what we all took from it um, in the office is that it's bloody difficult and um, we just don't have enough information. The whole point of the tax transparency disclosures is that you get a bit of an oversight on – who's paying tax who isn't I think it was fair enough there might be much more complicated um tax affairs for the these multinationals but it was so pointed and we felt that we it was an interesting comparison that we put um Fermentum you know Stonewood Brewing and Gage Roads um because both of them individually paid more tax than Asahi and AB and Bev together so and they are a fraction of the size of AB and Bev, um, and a fraction yeah. of the
1: output, a yeah, fraction yeah. of the income, the revenue, the whole McGillah. Yeah. yeah,
0: and yet they pay more than CB. And it was just pointed that the, all the multinationals were the ones that paying less or not quite enough tax, really. Though I mean, pointedly, um, Lion paid quite a bit, um, one hundred eleven million, I believe. The year before Jeez, that,
1: that, <laughs> they'll be trying to poach CUBs at the account
0: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and um, I what are do we,
1: what are we doing out. wrong
0: <laughs> why, why are we not why are we not hiding our <laughs> money abroad <laughs> um, not saying that they are doing that but um, potentially who knows uh, I did uh, have a comment from a lion rep uh, representative who did say that there was um, I made a comment that they hadn't paid tax the year before last and that was apparently because they changed their um, year end or something like that. So there's apparently some weird tax-related reason as to why they didn't have to pay any then, but they do I, usually pay taxes. Yeah, so. I have a feeling
1: there might be something to do with uh, – so the parent, Kieran, mm-hmm. um, which is then in turn owned by Mitsubishi Finance Corporation, yeah, which is one of the that. you know <laughs> top three largest companies in the world. Um, but, uh, but they're um, – ha- and having worked with Lion and having uh, invoiced them and that sort of thing in the past, mm-hmm. I do know that they're – uh, financial year is different so if they did ah. do a, a changeover that okay, may have yeah. been
0: ah, well there we go. that might be
1: responsible for that yeah. so I can't say that but look um, the takeaway for me for from this story is that you know we have uh, heartfelt reasons we have ideological reasons we have uh, you know business reasons for for buying certain beers this probably this information whether or not they uh, I'm not going to say cooking the books, but whether or not they it's very clever accounting or it's uh, you know just they're working the, the system or whatever. If you needed another excuse to you know drink fresh and drink local, uh, they're also the ones that I guess are you know next time you find yourself in emergency or you know sending your kids to school or catching public transport or whatever it might be, you know that's your your taxes at work. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, and someone made the hilarious point that if um, if the CUB managed to pay their corporation tax, then maybe we wouldn't have to hike excise up as much. That's obviously probably not the case because we still have to pay excise, but it would be a nice world that we could live in where that would be the case. Exactly, and we and
1: we should send out a you know a pat on the back. Congratulations to everyone who listens to to this podcast because presumably you do drink beer. Um, you're part of you know um, the the group of people who, uh, for the second time. Uh, Every two, every twice every year, the um, excise goes up automatically. Um, the most recent one uh, for the 72nd time. So
0: 72nd time. I it's wasn't the even
1: 72nd <laughs> in automatic automatic increase. When
0: I found out about that, so coming, last obviously years. coming from the UK, I was like, are you serious? When they held an election in the UK, they, they take down beer tax because they want to get voted in. And they exactly. do it every like four years. <laughs> they take it yeah. down a little bit.
1: <laughs> and, and the thing that annoys most people too, Claire, I think, is that because it's the only other thing that goes up, so alcohol and cigarettes, and, yep. and so lumping those two in as if they're, you know, so two peas in the same pot, I think no. is, uh, you know, not telling the full story. Uh, I, I get that, yes, we've we, you know we got to pay a sin tax because, you know, oh, but there were consequences. Yeah, but you know what? You you don't take the money. That excise goes into general revenue pot. It's not like you you, you send it off to, uh, you know, do education on, you know, I don't know, liver cancer or, you know, you uh, know alcohol fueled violence or anything like that. Uh, Anyway. It uh, might go to
0: fair, though, (laughs) just by the way. I bet it goes to fair. There
1: you go. (laughs) Let's not start that. Anyway. (laughs) That'll be the
0: conversation for another day.
1: (laughs) We will get back to one of our other favourites, ABAC, shortly. But before we do that, uh, entries are now open for uh, the Australian International Beer Awards for 2020. Uh, The annual event celebrates and recognises the best brewers across the world uh, and across the country. Uh, up to 34 trophies presented to the champions of each category, including the overall champion Australian beer and champion international beer and small, medium and large breweries for both of those. It's conducted by the Royal Agricultural Society of Victoria. Um, it's the largest annual beer competition in the world, assessing both draft and packaged beer. So that's that's one of the big things. Um, a lot of the others have, oh, but, you know, the um, World Beer Cup has six and a half thousand entries. You know, we we, we get two thousand six hundred. Uh, but they're um, package-only, can or, or bottle. There's no there's no draft category in, in some of those other big ones, which uh, the AIBAs do have. Um, so, yeah, we're expecting, you know, between two and, and 3,000 entries from over 400 breweries uh, across 26 countries around the world. That's amazing. So the 28th AIBAs will be judged over three days at the Melbourne Showgrounds from the 13th to the 15th of May and new uh, RASV CEO Brad Jenkins described the awards as unrivalled in both their scale and standard, Ooh. and he's not wrong. Oh, I'm excited! And, uh, congratulations be to Brad way. on his yeah his appointment to the role, um, and a big shout out too to Paul Guerra who um, who was the previous uh, RASV CEO who I had some involvement with both through the awards presentation uh, and through the judging uh, and. Uh, can't speak highly enough of the. He, he just did, did a really great job in sort of uh, reinvigorating not not just the awards but the um, the the showgrounds, the RASV, and, and looking at you know how we how we take it forward. So well done to him.
0: Nice one. Oh, I'm very uh, excited. Do you judge, P? Uh, I, ah, I do. I do. Okay. I
1: have judged. I started out. Oh, God, I've been involved now. I think for ten or twelve years. Oh, um, wow. First as a as a steward, and then. Um, moved my way up to associate judge, and then uh, I've been a judge for the last five AIBAs, I think. That's so yeah. cool.
0: And what do you think about the um, the sort of the change that you've seen in bears over the, that period? Has it been completely crazy how many you get now?
1: Uh, yeah, it is. It, it, it's certainly, <laughs> you know, the first time I think it might have been five, the first time, you know, as a, as a steward, maybe, <laughs> well, the first time I ever did it, there were three tables, three tables of judges. <laughs> oh so we're now up to 10 or 11. Oh, uh, so that's... That's changed. Uh, the biggest thing I think I've noticed, and and uh, a lot of my compatriots concur, is the number of let's call them stinkers. The, the number of, of, <laughs> of just uh, either either infected or you know haven't travelled well um, or or poorly constructed beers. The percentage um, is is smaller and smaller each each year to the point where uh, you, you get a lot of beers that are like you know, yeah meh. Uh, and you get a very few that are oh my god this is just absolutely outstanding um but most of the beers generally are in between those two categories so they're great examples of their style they're great examples of the skill of the brewer uh they're great examples of of sort of capturing the you know whether it's the tropical hop aroma or the haziness or you know the sourness whatever the the trend is is leaning towards Um, but then when you get one that's just hasn't you know it's just wrong Mm -hmm. it's it's so much more noticeable now so i think that's probably the the biggest thing i've i've seen across the board is the way that the feedback to the brewers the way that the um the integrity of the awards is is maintained um and and steadfastly maintained to 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 make sure that the, Mm -hmm. the 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 awards mean something both to the brewers and to the the public who will then see those uh medals you know on a label It's important that um, yeah, it all kind of yeah, knits together, and you 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 know it it means it means something.
0: Yeah, what happens if you have an infected beard? You just chuck it?
1: Well, there's infections, and then there's infections. So. All beers are presented, so uh, there are two samples of each beer presented to the table. So you'll have either five or six judges on each table. Three will have one poured from one container, and three from a different one of the of the same brand. So it may be that one perhaps didn't seal properly, uh, perhaps one uh, you know was slightly flat, whatever it might be. So you you can call for your uh, your steward to, uh, or for the the chief steward in yeah. this case uh, Craig Bowen, to pop over and say, look, we we think these three beers seem okay, those three samples, yeah, there may be something there, can you just check? And it might just be that um, there's all sorts of things. There can be a you know, human error. So these, these, but there are, there are so many checks and balances. Uh, so, yeah, when you, when you get an infected one, it's, you know, there's often more feedback for the judge than there is feedback for the one who got the gold medal. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the feedback for the gold medal should be um, see colour <laughs> you know, it's that, that, all There's nothing you can Top say about knot, it. A, a yeah. gold medal beer. It's, you know, it, it ticks all the boxes. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the ones that are, are not so good. There's probably a little bit more. Um, you know, this beer didn't get a medal, and here are the the, the key reasons from the five judges um, to give that feedback. So the the whole idea is that um, the the awards promote the improvement of standards. Awesome. Yeah, cool. That makes Thank sense. You, yeah. Yeah. Uh, registrations also this week are open for WA Beer Week 2020. So, the now there's prospective event holder information session. I'm not quite sure where it is, but go to the Bruise News website for all the details, or we may even have them in the show notes. Um, but there's a session on the 24th of Feb 2020. Registrations close on March 20th, and WA Beer Week itself is uh, held between June the 12th and the 21st. 12th and the 21st? That's a big week.
0: That is a huge. They've, I think I' sorry if I get it wrong, but I think it's like forty five events or something at different venues. And I was like, "That is mental." Imagine orchestrating that situation. That's crazy.
1: Well, the other thing too, and I guess you know from your point of view, um, Claire, is that uh, I think something that Australians kind of just take for granted, but. There are no other capital cities that are f- physically further apart than um, uh, Perth and and the rest of the country. So yeah, it's the
0: most isolated capital in the world, isn't it? State capital. Yeah, ah, yeah. Great. Um,
1: and so to have such a vibrant scene, to have uh, Fremantle certainly as you know as the birthplace of, of this whole thing called called craft beer, but it, it also puts into perspective just how difficult it is for brewers to get their product, you know, across the Nullarbor in really good condition. Yeah. Um, and you can see why uh, brewers like Gauge Roads mm-hmm. have looked to open uh, East Coast venues yeah. um, because it is just, you know, the literally, you know, the, the tyranny of distance.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It must be an absolute nightmare trying to get it across there in cold storage and good condition. Like it's crazy. But speaking of Gauge Roads, um, don't know if you saw that we did a little piece on their like half-yearlies um, this week, Pete. Um, I didn't see that because oh, I figured
1: I'm going to listen into Bruce News Week and get the information that I didn't have so time to catch up on.
0: Oh well, just to catch you up as a little recap. Um, Thanks for that. <laughs> no worries.
1: What, what what's happened with Gauge Roads this week, Claire? Well, do tell. I'll
0: tell you for why. Um, because they're uh, they actually do quite well in their half-yearlies, right? So when you look at um a financial accounts like that, you're looking at. Profits. You're looking at revenues. You're looking at expansion programs the next year. You're looking at just like there's a few markers that you look for and something like that as to um, to gauge the. Uh, get to see what oh, I did there. See what you did there. Thank you. Uh, to Are we
1: talking KPIs? Like, is this yeah, this one like of the, that the yeah. cool kids would say? You know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> almost, but I mean, they're just sort of an internal thing. Like, I don't have a checklist or anything like that. But in from having a look at it from my perspective, they did well, but lots of other publications like regional and national media and stuff sort of slated them and I was a bit like no 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 like revenues have gone up like they have set themselves really ambitious targets but they've said look this is the reasons why we haven't achieved it in this half and we expect to be doing that next year and this isn't like a brew situation this is a gauge roads you believe them when they say that and as a when you
1: you say (laughs) this isn't a brew situation do you mean their shares are worth something?
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but annoyingly, not as much as you'd expect, um, because we did a piece a few months ago when I first started about how some investment managers thought that they were undervalued as a company, so the market just doesn't react to them as well, because I think they've had the example of Brew, br and Gage are the only other brewer on the ASX, and it just gets on my goat, because they're like the only good representative of the brewing industry when the rest of the world looks at australian business they'll look at the asx first to see how that's doing and then next here down is the industry so we've obviously only got two representatives and gauge roads are doing well and they are expanding and you know they're a good representative of the wa and the australian brewing industry so give them a bit of love i say
1: yeah no fair enough Mm -hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. No time, no time for the haters. No, exactly. um, And I don't know, I know there's been various criticisms of of the product. Uh, I know when Single Fin came up, you know, there were people you know, poo-pooing that in the in the Gab Sodus 100. And, oh, did okay. um, What did they say? Yeah. Uh, I, I just that, you know, it's a mainstream, you know, and I think a lot of people... Uh, and Matt and I have spoken about this many times that there's still a little bit of a hangover. And you'll see every now and then in the in the, the flog comments that, uh, you know, somebody will say, oh, you're owned by Woolworths. Well, no, they had an arrangement, you know, 100 years ago, but <laughs> yeah. that, that's all gone. You know, they, they bought the farm back.
0: Yeah, and they were only um, partially owned as well. It wasn't like they were taken over No, exactly.
1: Back. Yeah, yeah. And look, people conveniently forget that the a, a very similar uh, arrangement was part in part responsible for the growth of um, of stone and wood. So, exactly. you know these commercial arrangements exist, and and people look people remember what they what they want to remember. Uh, another criticism has been, you know, that some of the the cans are, you know, perhaps you know the. Um, labeling you know is a little bit plain i would uh maybe suggest to those <laughs> people that uh well you know put your money where your mouth is call 1300 852 235 and call our friends at relling's label stickers and packaging um to perhaps discover a more efficient and uh, illustrative way to get your small batch canning labels done beautiful absolutely beautiful yeah. seamless <laughs> now uh, our last story, Claire, ABAC right. dismisses a trio of complaints. So ABAC mm-hmm. has dismissed um, complaints covering sport and public transport advertisements from Lion and Gage Roads, yeah. as well as a Facebook post by CUB-owned Four Pines. In a ruling regarding sports advertising and product placement, ABAC dismissed complaints against two Forex Gold adverts that were aired during the Australia-New Zealand Test Match over Christmas on Channel 7. Uh, unbeknownst to the complainant, Lion had already received pre-vetting for both the adverts and their placement <laughs> in the backyard banter segment of the program. And if that's in not a an detailed... advert
0: for back, I don't know what is. Like they've already had a look exactly. at it. They've already said it's all right. So there's no way you were going to get well, a look in on it.
1: that. <laughs> and it does show. Here's, here's the process. If you go through the process, then, you know, this is the, the end result. And this is, this is showing, you know, I guess, you know, um, pulling across the side of the curtain and seeing how it all works. And this is a proof positive that, you know, sometimes uh, the, the process does actually work. Yeah. So in a detailed objection, the complainant argued against the frequency of the first advertisement. So <laughs> I don't I don't know. Know. that's
0: not a, that's not a code thing. Like it's not listed in the code that you can't share it. can have 10, it. 10,000 yeah. times if you want. That, yeah. that was a weird complaint. do yeah. complain, complain
1: about <laughs> Frank Walker and National Tiles or the Blind Factory. <laughs> oh uh, God, there's, that there's plenty awful. of ads. Yeah, Happy <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's ads, the, the earworms, income. That's
0: it. And you know what that. was weird about that one as well? They had a go that the actors shown in the advert they were like dads in the back backyard playing cricket, it, basically. Yeah. And they were like, it shows sporting prowess. I was like. That's the opposite No, it power.
1: was the opposite because the whole thing was the – or the one I saw, and I assume it's the same one, was yeah. the, it, it was how um, – um, I guess musing over the um, – how the origins of the one-hand-one-bounce rule, you know, came <laughs> yeah. into group because you, you're holding a can so you don't have two can two hands to, to catch the ball mm-hmm. and they're all, you know, dad bods, you know. <laughs> but apparently um, – uh, they said that the actors in the advert who were shown playing back-out cricket were made to be socially attractive with the increased sporting prowess. But, well, no, they weren't. They weren't <laughs> at all. They looked like knob-ends. They looked oh, like the four so funny. dicks who couldn't build a boat. <laughs> like, Forex Gold has been doing this for millennia. Yeah. It would seem. And they're, they're not socially attractive and they're not, you know, showing – they certainly – you know, the boat builders certainly didn't yeah. show any increased skills. There's one bloke who, you know, super glued his – phone to the side of the boat for god's sake <laughs> um and they, uh, look uh, they objected to the idea that children viewing the cricket would be exposed mm-hmm. to the advert well children watching the cricket are exposed to all sorts of things so um, and the point
0: is with, with that especially if it's a night one, game <laughs> yeah the point is with that one is that you're supposed to have an audience that conceivably that you that you already know or is conceivably over uh 75 percent adult like over 18 and that, the cricket, fair enough, kids will probably have watched it, but they've proven that the audience was 80% adult for that. So it was just oh, a shot dart from whoever was complaining on that. E-
1: exactly. Yeah, they were, I think really. they were just throwing throwing a, enough darts, they figured oh, one yeah. would hit, and um, they managed That's to miss it. them all. Yeah. Because exactly. the other thing, too, you know, a five-day test match, you've got kids nowadays who haven't got a five-minute attention span. <laughs> They're you know, 2020 is a bit boring, saying. you know, because yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it takes so <laughs> long. But, yeah, anyway. Um, and a social media advert for uh, – was the subject of the latest complaint for uh, a CEB-owned company mm. this, one, this month, Four Pines faced a panel oh, yeah. over um, an ad for its beer cocktails posted by its brew pub venue, Welcome to Brunswick, on Facebook, and that was that was also dismissed.
0: Yeah. Now, this one was a bit of a close call um, because it was basically saying because it's Christmas, like, you can have a few extra which kind of, like, touches on the whole not encouraging excessive drinking and stuff. But it was, enough, it was enough in terms of context that ABAC was like, nah, let's not be silly about this. Like, it, just because you've got time, as in you aren't at work that day, yeah, you could probably stay at a venue, a social venue longer. It wasn't saying grab extra beers on the way home and just blotto yourself, basically. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. And, but- I, and I think that's the thing. It's about being sensible. It's not about... Trying to be crazy and put crazy rules down, and the fact that all of them were dismissed is definitely a good thing. It says a lot about that people are, you know, taking this into account. Um, I know most of them were the big guys. Um, but at least Pirate Bay didn't get busted this time. I've been feeling Pirate quite Life. bad. Uh, Pirate Life, sorry. Pirate Bay. <laughs> Which, if you ever know, was a music piracy thing when the early 2000s. <laughs> Pirate Life. Yes, Pirate Life. Because um, they, they've they been busted quite a few times in the past six months. Like ten times. So I'm pretty yeah, really and- glad it wasn't then.
1: Yeah, and this is one of those ones where I think the ABAC rulings uh, are good for us as an industry. And we've we've often talked about how you know let's let's just think about what the alternative is. You know, if you think this is bad, it, it gets a lot worse if if control is taken out of our hands. Yeah. But the one thing that this does show is that okay, this was uh, yeah we're we we're, we're going to dismiss this complaint, but maybe just you know be a bit careful. And everyone else reading it and watching this and and hearing this now. Who, who's putting out beers or, or crafting Facebook ads or social media campaigns has just can have in the back of their mind yeah you know what uh, let's let's actually reread that and maybe we can say you know uh, rather than saying have a few extra you can say you can relax because you've got the day off tomorrow now that's you know yeah. you, you, you're telling exactly the same story but you know using different words so yeah exactly uh, and that's that's one thing that I, I think would be um, be pretty good. Uh, all right. Hey, we've got through our first one together, Claire. Oh, that's wonderful. That's the, the news headlines. We're going to dive headlong, uh, elbow deep into the mailbag because we haven't done it for I think three or four episodes, awesome. uh, so we will uh, we do have a little bit of catching up to do. We do still, um, thanks to our very good friends at uh, Beer Cartel, uh, all our letters of the week, uh, our comments on the Facebook group, all the um, emails that we get, uh, texts that Matt and I get uh, and um, any other information that comes our way, awesome. all eligible. Something will tickle our fancy and we'll decide to uh, award them a six-pack of uh, Australian craft beer thanks to Beer Cartel. Yeah. And all letter writers, whether you're uh, Letter of the Week or not, all letter writers will also receive a Bruised News bottle opener. Oh, beautiful. But you can also use the other end. You can use it to uh, knock the top off a can as well. So, it's, you know, for those of you <laughs> who are worried, oh, I never get to use it, well, frame it. You know, <laughs> I don't know maybe, maybe we should get Matt to autograph them.
0: Oh. Ooh, when we send idea. them out. Yeah. Would that be worth yeah. more? I think they'd uh, speaking, be worth
1: Speaking less. of autographs <laughs> and perceived value, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to give a quick shout-out to um, the Ballarat Beer Festival is coming up on the 15th of, of February. Uh, so it's a, a, a month later than, than what it normally is. So people have got plenty of time to prepare. But the uh, Gallagher's uh, Insurance Brewers' Degustation Dinner on the Friday night has something very special, um, some very special memorabilia. Uh, autographed memorabilia. So the very first slab of cans of Heroes Gold, which is um, Gold 104.3, the radio station down here in Melbourne and the syndicated, um, I think Australia-wide, uh, sent out a bit of a, a thing saying, we want to do something to help with bushfire relief. And so they contacted Hawkers. Hawkers put out a bit of a, a, um, a campaign to to get a name for it. Heroes Gold is the one they've come up with it so that we've got the, you know, the gold 104 and the the heroes um, factor. Mazen Hajar has autographed the first case, as has Christian O'Connell from the uh, Christian O'Connell Breakfast Show, and that uh, slab will be auctioned off or given away. I don't know what we're doing with something with it, but it's going to be uh, at the, the Brewers' degustation dinner on uh, Valentine's Day. Oh. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe somebody will get you know. Valentine's present. Yeah, there we go. You know, so. But there you how go. do you
0: think about Valentine's Day, Pete? Are you into it?
1: Oh, I have um, stren- uh, just uh, passionately avoided it for the. Uh, <laughs> Me uh, too. I, I'd literally yeah, go I,
0: elsewhere. I like just say to Liam, yeah. I'm, "I'm off. See you later." I
1: think. <laughs> well, yeah, part of it is that uh, I was in hospitality for so long, so I've seen the ugly side of it. Oh, not the ugly side, but but you know, just. I bet you got some stories. So, spending and doing and all that sort of thing. And you go, oh, come on, mate. Try harder. Um, But I've always said, look, uh, my my wife, uh, we met when I was 16 and she was 13. And we started going out maybe three years after that. So we've been going out for quite a while. And I think the very first Valentine's Day, uh, I sort of said, oh, but, you know, I I love you every day of the year. So, And so I've got away with it. Beautiful. Uh, (laughs) There you go. Top tip for all
0: blokes out there. Appreciate you,
1: lady, every day. That's it. That's it, exactly. But yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, look, it's a little bit of a hallmark card. I, I, I totally get it. if you if you're into it, enjoy it. Yeah, that's yeah, no no drum with that. Cool. Mailbag. Oh. Uh, Will Rogers. Now, Will Rogers. Uh, this was through our Facebook page oh, group. Yeah. Our closed group. So if you do want to join, just uh, flick us a, a, a request. And, uh we'll let you in pretty much but uh it's it's kind of like <laughs> okay. we don't promote Keeps it outside open. of the Come podcast on. because the idea is that it's sort of it's an extension of the podcast so you know you listen to stuff on the podcast you can make comments and um we look we get lots of lots of really great stories and, and that sort of thing um will sent us in a tool that he made oh, um, um, to so browse amazing. all of the past hottest 100 uh, beers. By brewery, so it's a it's and a chart
0: style of beer and region.
1: Yeah, so there you go. yeah. So and look, it's it's um to to look at you've you've kind of got to work it. Once you work out how it works, you can really see how certain beers um have come from nowhere or you know hit hit with a bang and then all of a sudden have, have disappeared. Um, a really great way to do it. And I, I'm pretty sure that Matt's been in contact with Will, and we might be able to. I think we're going to see if we uh, can perhaps get something formally. Uh, arranged for um, next year's hottest 100, yeah, and we might that would even really yeah cool. incorporate that into our um, our live. Yeah, our well live done, well that
0: was that must have been a lot of work and done really well. So yeah, cool.
1: Well, even just as I say, I've sort of been involved with um, with the hottest 100 since its inception, and yeah, you know, going back through all the notes that I've made, and I've got you know a three spreadsheets of uh, you know every beer that's that's come and gone and where it's placed and uh, dropped or raised and all that sort of thing. And then more recently, obviously, um, Crafty's done the really great infographics, which give you a great sort of snapshot and you can see how things have changed and, and uh, how trends are developing. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's a lot of hard work, so well done, Will. Thank you for that. Uh, Joshua Boyle, do you want to uh, read with this one out, Claire?
0: Okay, hello, the Brews News team. This is for an email from Joshua Boyle. It says, uh, when I met Matt at the Charming Squire event, he had asked that I, if I come across some little stories in the French and EU brewing scene to do a little write-up. This one I've been sitting on for a while, as I was not sure Brews News would have been interested in French industrial breweries openly talking about selling their beer as microbreweries. Um, he goes on to say, so this comes from an article, um, it's an interview with Stefan Munch, the brewmaster and production director at Cronenberg's Obernai site. Um, goes on to mention Cronenberg, the
1: interesting thing for me, Claire, was that that's across um, 50 different recipes. So we, we sort of think of oh, Cronenberg yeah. and I think there's, um, when, I, when we were in France, there was another one that was like a strong Cronenberg or something mm. or a premium. But uh, I didn't realize that they made, A, that much beer, yeah. but also over 50 different recipes.
0: Yeah. And it says they're going to invest 100 million euro to increase the capacity. That's mental. Um, I was a big fan of Cronenberg back in Europe, actually.
1: Quite nice Yeah, we were taught uh, in my um, French for travellers class that I did, which was uh, six or seven, uh, you know, one one hour a week for six or seven weeks before we traveled with the family to France. Um, that yeah, in most classes in France, you, you just order a says, ah, which okay. is French for 16. <laughs> um, so, uh, Chronobird 1664. Oh, yeah, so, of course. That's,
0: it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good one. Oh, but then this is, I mean, this is the interesting bit for me about how he says, um, Going towards the marketing team at Cronenberg is sort of utilising these smaller series and brands, doing what Lion did with Lucky Mundi, um, building up a locally owned brewery, then brewing the beer at larger sites. Um, and we've seen that in quite a few places, and it was a suggestion that, you know, Tiny Mountain up north. Um, up Tiny Mountain, ma-
1: yeah. Yeah, Crosby Oscar yeah. was another one. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah where exactly. You,
0: there was questions you can, about you where can
1: test were them. doing. Yeah, and Lyon have been great at... Uh, testing a recipe or a brand or a concept, uh, giving it locality, that sort of thing, and 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 doing what they can't do on the on the larger scale to yeah. start with, and then if people go, yeah, oh, this is really great, and then word gets around, and Furby probably the the greatest example of this then they have the ability to, to scale it up mm-hmm. while still, I guess, being seen to be that small brewery, whether it's Tiny yeah. Mountain or Kosciuszko or, or Yamundi. Yeah.
0: That's the bit that uh, just seems a bit disingenuous to me, though. It's just like you aren't a small craft brewer. Though.
1: Well, it is, yeah. It is if you're telling people that, you know, right, I, yeah. this is all brewed on this, you know, pot, this large pot on the stove behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, yeah, I think at least... Uh, yeah, look, it's fraught.
0: Are, <laughs> it's it, a tricky because you, one. you're not.
1: Yeah, they're very rarely. And look, Mountain Goat were were past masters at this uh, initially of saying, "Yeah, look, we're, we're not not saying where our beer our beer is brewed. We're just not saying where it is brewed. You mm-hmm. know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of thing." Yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I get you. But it, it, yeah, and look, he finishes up. It, it, all the big fish use the same tactics. Yeah, so.
0: across the world, across the world, everyone. It's not Spot just on. us. There's
1: nothing new <laughs> in the zoo. Correct. Thanks very much for that. Uh, that's uh, Joshua Boyle. Thanks mm-hmm. for that. Uh, Rob Stewart on the Facebook group also posted a picture of zero percent drinks, mm-hmm. uh, an alcohol-free beer and wine pop-up shop just appeared at my local shopping centre. I don't think he said where it was, um, but has anyone else seen one of these crop up around the traps? Um, so that's an interesting one going on the you know the mm-hmm. um, BrewDog AF. Uh, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Heineken's doing a a big push at the moment for their zero zero Uh, Carlton zero. Haven't seen the the ads haven't sort of been popping up as much as uh, as they were obviously when they launched. Uh, And it'll be interesting to see how they uh, how those figures are tracking now. That um, it's it's not the only tool in the box. There's there there are now other. Option. So, if you used to like Heineken, do you go for the Heineken Zero, or do you go? Oh, I've tried the local one. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Be and
0: it'll be definitely be interesting to see how um, our smaller brewers go down this non-alcoholic route as well. Because um, we did a piece last year, I think, about Brick Lane doing it. Um, they've started testing, and they're in the product testing phases of doing a non-alcoholic beer and all that kind of stuff. So, obviously, the part of that whole article was about how do you do this when the big brewers kind of having a monopoly on it because they've got all the t- all the kit, all the tech other lab technicians and the chemists and all that kind of stuff to get this over the line but I think it's just a testament to the talent that we've got in the independent brewing industry that um, people are going to get cracking with something that is technically quite difficult um, I don't think we've ever been afraid of something like that and uh, this one will be cool yeah we'll see see how it goes yeah. this next year I think we'll definitely see some more non-alcoholic um, beer coming out of the industry.
1: And hopefully too, we see um a great example I thought was Brick Lane when they brought out their it's called their base uh, fine line lager, mm. uh, and they were so oh yeah we'll make it a mid strength so we'll make it three point five and they kind of uh, th- there was a push by some around the table to say well let's actually make it three, um just to put it below that you know that that lower end mm-hmm. to see maybe so okay no like like Matt says you know if 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 I. Really want to drink a non-alcoholic drink? I'd, I'd you know I'll have soda water or yeah, okay. you know lemon lime and bitters yeah. or whatever, um, rather than having the low you know the the high calorie alternative mm-hmm. as some of the the commercial examples are. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more likely to say yeah, look, I'm gonna you know I'll have one or two, but oh, you've got a Weiss or you've got a fine line lager that's 3%, 2.8, 2.5 whatever it might be and maybe have one or two of those and that for me is just sort of i think i'm with Matt on that one more satisfying than perhaps having the the non-alcoholic um, alternative
0: yeah yeah i know what but, you mean
1: yeah but you're right it'll be the next year will be very interesting to see just how how the trend kicks off because the other thing too is it's going to be up against uh, you know going toe to toe head to head mano a mano with um uh, you know uh, alcoholic seltzer hard seltzer
0: yeah well this is what we've kind of touched on before haven't we P, about how everyone's sort of diversifying they're not just doing beer anymore they're doing a bit adjacent things and like lots of different broader categories in the, the industry that they're going for kombucha and all that kind of stuff um so fmbs fmbs yeah exactly Flavoured exactly flavored malt, malt, malt beverage yeah so uh, i definitely think we'll see more of that whether it's going to last in the long term i'm still dubious but we're definitely going to see some see how it goes
1: Exactly. Um, Now, our next letter. Hi, I'm Aaron, the guy with cancer that Pete met at GABF a few weeks back. (laughs) G'day, Aaron. So this is Aaron Glenke, who uh, some of our listeners may remember uh, won our um, our our slogan competition. And hopefully those will have to do a bit of a a follow up next week, Claire, on um, how those beers are going and get them out uh, to market. As I currently have no commute to work and have been unable to walk the dog due to some surgery in preparation for my cancer treatment, I've not been able to keep up with my usual podcast listening. This means only just now got to the end of your podcast from the 23rd of January, where you gave me a shout out at the start and some further kind words at the end of the podcast. Just wanted to say thank you to you both for what you said, myself and, and Matt. Uh, And for Pete for taking the time to say g'day at GABF, I know you were busy and can certainly understand that you must have been horrified at the sight of the Uber (laughs) Geek heading over to you. Remembering that wearing the yeah the uh, the Brewdog Berlin t-shirt matched with the uh, so it was worse than double denim. Feeding it worse double Nothing worse than double down. <laughs> when you okay. when you, yeah, double craft beer gig, it was a bit grunting. <laughs> <a> <laughs> uh, I walk in more of a shuffle these days, so you'd be much better able to avoid me now. I would not do that, my friend. Never. Anyway, again, thank you to you and, and to all the Bruise News family that responded to Daniel Ridd's Facebook post wishing me the best. Every bit of positive reinforcement helps. Uh, beer people really are the best people. Cheers and F cancer. Amen. And uh, echo those sentiments. And good luck with it. Aaron, I know, uh, you know, the, he's had a little bit more. The beard has gone, I did see, oh. on his uh, on his Facebook page. So for those who, who don't know Aaron, um, think, you know, like, uh, tilt your head, squint your eyes and picture a, a standard craft beer rep. Um,
0: <laughs> Do you see that? And, then, and now a without the beard. thing going round about craft beer reps. <laughs> oh, t- was doing um,
1: the take memes a bit too seriously. Oh, and yeah. 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 Look, <laughs> I mean. It, it does funny. show too that the Batuta Advocate is probably becoming even more mainstream and, you know, less parody, <laughs> ironically. <laughs>
0: There's an amazing Facebook page that also um, takes the mick out of babe, baby boomers, sorry, guys, um, for taking bit, the Batuta Advocate seriously. <laughs> and they'll, like, <laughs> post furiously underneath it and everyone's like, yeah, that's just a joke. Sometimes it's not always a good joke, but.
1: No, that's right. And look, one of one of my favourite things, my little guilty pleasures, um, is uh, looking at the Facebook group, uh, Angry People in Local Newspapers. Oh, I, just read, I love but, that. How good is
0: that?
1: It just <laughs> so makes you feel good. so much better about your own existence. You go, <laughs> thing, if that's the worst thing you've got to worry about, mate, I think I'm doing all right. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: Our last email this week, our letter, last letter is an email from Stephen Bridey. Um I'll throw this one to you, Claire.
0: Okay. Um, Stephen Bridey says, hey, Bruce News, I was over in bc british columbia canada for christmas and listen to your podcast interviewing the guy from vancouver island which was timely so thanks for that i found what he said to be true with complete the complete with dominance of hazy ipas over there is crazy it's almost hard to find a west coast ipa i actually asked a guy at the bottle shop as i was looking at a wall of craft beer if they had any west coast style ipas and they only had two <laughs> Ah. Oh, that's mental. Um, the other interesting thing over there is that they don't use hazy, juicy or East Coast in their marketing. They just say the witty name of beer IPA, which is quite different than in Australia. That's true. Um, mm. They're using hazy like crazy as a buzz marketing word. Um, it actually made it quite hard not to accidentally buy a hazy IPA. What are the your... bastards? I know, I dare <laughs> it. uh what are your thoughts on why that would be? Do you think it will ever get like that here, where the hazy IPA overtakes normal IPA so much that they stop using the term hazy? I yeah, I don't know.
1: know. Look, look, I think Canada, for so many reasons, is um, is so is, is so different. Um, I think probably the best description I've ever heard of Canada um, compared to the United States. Canada is like a nice one-bedroom apartment above a crack house. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> True words. have never been so yeah. <laughs>
1: and uh, but but the other thing too, in terms of beer, uh, the excise, the the beer tax, in terms of. Um, uh, export is very prohibitive. So mm-hmm. uh, in years gone by, we've seen Unibrew, we've seen um, Dude uh, Dudaciel and a few others that have sort of drifted away. We, we don't see them. St Ambrose, we don't see them as much anymore. And I, I have a feeling that there's, there's – it's – prohibitively expensive to to bring it over so they do have a, a slightly different way of doing things in terms of their of their craft beer um, and i think partly to, to make it you know to, to to keep the good stuff where it is the marketing wise and we've had this discussion at um the gabs festival at um uh craft beer college uh i know there are plenty of brewers around who are not necessarily ipa purists but who do think that yeah we are we are overusing the term IPA, in terms of we're diluting what it used to be. Mm-hmm. So that that whole key of of India, so a, a beer that was made to travel, da, 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 da. and now all of a sudden we've got these hazy IPAs that are no, no, don't don't let them travel. In fact, don't let them out of your brewery if you can possibly help it. So it's kind of you know analogous to 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 what the the style originally was 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 supposed to be. That suggests to me that it's a marketing term that works. Mm-hmm. If you have uh, you know witty name IPA. Uh, people, will buy, people are more likely to buy that than if you called it uh, an alt beer or a Kirsch or, you know, if you're not sure yeah. what that thing is or summer, Well, what's a summary? It might be too light. Uh, for so many reasons, I, I just think IPA captures um, people's confidence yeah. a little bit better than, than some others. Um, so I, I think there's a little bit of building off the back of that or, you know, taking advantage of, of the fact that IPA, is just a a known term, despite the fact that most people probably don't know that it it stands for India Pale Ale.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I agree, and I think it just sort of feeds into this whole, you know, we're becoming a more educated class of drinkers, we know more about what we're drinking, there's more people that know that about the IPA, which is, sorry to bring it back to ABAC, but why a lot of the times where people kick off when they say, oh, you're not making it clear that it's a beer because you put IPA, and they're like, yeah, but everybody yeah, knows that IPA. Show. Yeah, or a milkshake, yeah. Or milkshake, yeah, everybody knows that an IPA is an alcoholic drink, it's a beer, Um, and I think... That we're changing with the times, and someone like ABAC needs to as well because it's absolutely right. You're absolutely right. People know what that is now. Um, about whether Hazy is going to overtake normal IPAs, I'm not sure. I don't think it's I – I, I, I think it's I a think, distinct class that will stay that way. Very
1: much so. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, in the same way that for a long while there, uh, if you said to – you can go back 20 years and you talk about an IPA, the only beer you would be talking about would be uh, Worthington White Shield mm-hmm. style – english style ipa so nice you know malt forward um good earthy floral hops but not you know super yeah. super bitter yeah. for the for bitterness sake uh whereas say 10 years later ipa boom everyone's thinking west coast ipa mm-hmm. now our um our writer there yeah. has obviously said yeah well he couldn't find out of all those two were west coast ipas now we're moving you know so it's it's a progression it's a um we're moving moving through and dividing off into these different subcategories. And probably Cascadian Dark Ale or Black IPA is probably the exception to the rule. It's probably the only one that really didn't kind of catch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens again with uh, – I, I think Hazy's here to stay because I think it it speaks to a type of, of drinker who wants that uh, almost the opposite to a, an actual IPA.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's weird, lot, isn't it? It beautiful <laughs> hop forward, but I don't want I don't want any bitterness if you can possibly you know Yeah, that's I think that's called orange juice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well I was gonna say, I think um Felons did one. Oh last year at some point. And uh it was so hazy. I was like, is that just a glass of OJ? I haven't tried it yet though, so I can't say what it was like, but it looked exactly like that. And you're right, yeah. I think that appeals to
1: the, it does appeal to some, but I say, them, yeah. the, the, the beer judge in me looks at that and says, oh, you probably should have rolled that keg. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, a so a, it's either the first one off the keg or it's the last. <laughs> um, you know, you sure you haven't maybe? Is, was this actually your, 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 um, your, your yeast fermenter?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun.
1: So, yeah, as I say, but, but some of us, we drink with our eyes first. And and for me, uh, I'm, I'm in the Charlie Bamforth camp uh, that, you know, I, I think a beautiful crystal clear, um, you know, the clarity of a beer uh, says more to me about the skill of the, um, the brewer than does, uh, oh, that's great. It's, it looks like bone broth or oh, chicken soup. I tell yeah. you
0: what, Pete, I had a delightful, it was just a lager, just a plain old ordinary lager. Um At the Brendel Brewing Company, which is like a tiny little place, slap bang in the middle of the I am familiar district. with Brendel's like, work. Have you been there? Yep. Um, well, or have you, I haven't I been know, there, been, but I've had uh, their yeah. it's, beer. It's literally my closest brewery. Like, that's, that's my local. And I'd, I'd never been there, and it was crystal clear, and it was a smoking hot day, and it was just the best thing I've ever drunk. But I think context was king in that particular one, but the beer was very good as well.
1: <laughs> exactly. No, no, and you're 100% right. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's it's who you're with, it's where you are, and it's why you're there that, uh, well, dare I say it, it's the bintang effect. You know, it's, the, it's it is
0: the bintang effect. Beer it's tastes so
1: different when you haven't got a care in the world where, you know, you've just had a $2 massage and, and you've paid 40 cents for your beer and you're looking at the sunset over you know the ocean mm-hmm. it's completely different to you know getting home um after an hour and a half in traffic and mm-hmm. cracking a beer and going it doesn't taste the same no it doesn't it's a different beer it is a completely different beer <laughs> the experience means so much it speaking of experience it's been a great experience having uh oh, co-hosted nice. with you today claire
0: you. oh can i just say um please one last one on the the mailbox uh i got a message on instagram from um Josh Quantrill from Capital I'm uh, From Capital Brewing. Yep. Yes, who is an absolutely delightful chap, and he's also from Bradford, which is just down the road from me. So, hey, Josh, thank you for there saying you hi and, uh, yeah, recognising another Northerner when you hear me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder how he knew. Uh, I met Josh last year. Josh um, – and this is a bit of a shout-out too to, to breweries out there. Uh, I met Josh uh, behind the scenes at uh, the Indies. So I was the, I'm the chief steward there, and we have um, – Brewery staff who, or, or assistant brewers, whoever it might be, who maybe want to become an associate judge and therefore a judge later on down the track, mm-hmm. and a great way for them to to do it is to offer their services as a for a couple of shifts as a um a volunteer steward, yeah. because you you sort of you see how how the process works and all that sort of thing and how the beers are poured and why it's important to get them all the same and all that sort of stuff. So uh, yeah, shout out to Josh. I'd, there you go. I'd, nice one. A, a good man. All right. Um, that's it for today. So thank you very much again to our sponsors, Crime. Uh, railings labels, stickers and packaging, and to be a cartel for making all of this possible. And thank you to you, Claire.
0: Thank you, Pete. Very much. Please
1: pass on, pass on my thanks to the uh, panel operator there <laughs> in the background. The minion, I'm, sure I'm going to call him. Passing your notes and, uh, you know, sending <laughs> your messages. And don't forget this, don't forget that. You know. Kicking me. All I'm going to say <laughs> is that I didn't say a word, and this has been the longest uh week that we've had in probably 12 months.
0: <laughs> Sorry to our listeners. And yet,
1: he. He couldn't. He couldn't quite go couldn't one full episode couldn't without resist. saying something. <laughs> thank you very much, Claire. Thanks, Matt. And think? thank you to all of our listeners. And we'll see you all next week for the next Bruise News Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and we'll see you all again next time. And we're out.